Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Barron, and I appreciate you being here with me. If you haven't already, smash that subscribe button. All right? BrutallyHonestPodcast.com, Instagram, Facebook, Brutally Honest Podcast. Myself, Harrison underscore Barron. That's how you find me. And that's really it. That's all I'm going to welcome you guys with. It's a crummy day here on Long Island with snowy, rainy weather, but... I'm here to brighten up your day, all right, with my voice and my podcast, and I hope it I hope it works, all right, smash that subscribe button, appreciate it. Before we go into our show today, we have some sponsors. Our first sponsor is the lovely ladies over at Dream Dance Fitness. If you're in the East Meadow area on Long Island, their address is 386 East, East Meadow Avenue, East Meadow, New York, and you're looking to get in some shape. You're looking for some adult dancing classes? No, this is not stripping. This is adult dancing. They got things like Zumba, yoga, pole dancing, aerial hoop, liquid motion, different things like that. Chairography. I didn't even know that was a thing. I just like sitting. All right. Flexibility. All very important things. They have classes you can jump into. They got a ton of different instructors, um, all female instructors too. It's it's, uh, it's an amazing class that they have there, and they have a beautiful little studio where women can get their. I don't want to say just women because they've had dudes there too, but they can get their hip motions in. You know, working out those abs, getting in shape, working up a sweat. They got everything from monthly packages to per class packages to yearly packages whole lots of packages but they're not amazon all right you can go there you can go check them out and uh you can you can get in shape and you can go hang out with them it's a super it really is a super cool studio and i'm not just saying that uh the girls over there are absolutely amazing and they're pretty much open they're literally open every day uh typically nights during the week and during the mornings actually ish um during the weekend but go check them out dreamdancefitness.com again that's dreamdancefitness.com go get in shape go get a good workout in it's going to be good for you i promise you the next pod the next podcast no this is the podcast the next sponsor is agile dragon consulting uh you can go check them out agiledragonconsulting.com and what does Agile Dragon Consulting do? Agile Dragon Consulting helps organize your data for your business to make it work more for you. So if you do own a business, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't own a business and you know somebody that owns a business, have them go check it out. But basically, businesses make decisions based on data that they have from either their customers, whether it's surveys or information on who's buying, where they're buying, software they're buying, all these different things. Agile Dragon Consulting is going to help you manage your data to make better business decisions. It's literally that simple. Um, The actual term agile uh, means to be mobile and moving. So that's what they're going to do. You have to, as a business, you have to make these decisions to to respond to either events or changing, uh, changing times. And Agile Dragon Consulting is going to help you manipulate your business to make it more efficient uh, in so many regards, whether it's increasing sales, um, whether it's coaching your existing staff, or you know, you want if you want, for example, if you want to get a better look at how who's visiting your website and the conversion rates and things of that nature, 
they're going to help you say, hey, you know, this is maybe placement's different. Maybe, you know, you have all these customers that are coming from this region. Why are they coming from this region? Let's make that work better for you. It's literally that simple. As We'll just say simplest thing, simple can get. But that is what they're going to do for you. Um, AgileDragonConsulting.com, A-G-I-L-E, Dragon Consulting. Uh, I stink at spelling. That's why I pronou- That's why I spell a lot of things. All right. And last but not least, Elise Margolin Photography. So if you are looking for pictures on Long Island or wherever, you know, she's currently down in Florida right now taking some pictures for a undisclosed event. I can't announce it, but you can go check her out. Uh, her Facebook is facebook.com forward slash E Margolin Photography. She is the recipient of the iPhone Awards. Her photos are absolutely stunning. And if you're looking for a business professional headshot, if you're looking for your company to be shot, your restaurant to be shot, um, you know, staff photos, all these different things, she is going to help you get there. If you have a um, if you have something going on or an event or anything like that, having a photographer to capture those memories is so important. And you're probably like, oh, why is it so important? Because we can, your mind actually changes things as time goes on of what actually happened. And having photos to remember it not only helps trigger your memories, but also you can remember who was there and, you know, did something happen or whatever it may be. Um, you know, was there champagne? You know, all these different things that happen that you can tell from a photo. A photo's worth a thousand words. So go check her out. Elise Margolin Photography. Just Google it. She'll come up under a bunch of different things. But her Facebook right now is facebook.com forward slash emargolin photography. And her website is elisemargolin.zenfolio.com. And that's really it, folks. If you've made it this far before the show starts and you want to support the podcast, you always have the option for Patreon patreon.com forward slash brutally honest podcast it's a way for you to contribute a small monetary value to help grow the show i am shamelessly plugging that because that money goes towards building a better show that's literally it um and we've already got some supporters on there so the more more is always welcome now that was a lot of talking my guest today is my friend jeff nagel He's a dear friend of mine. He's a financial advisor. If you guys have been listening for a long time, he's a. Um, I've had a couple financial advisors on here, and you're probably wondering why have you had so many financial advisors and things of that nature. They are extremely talented at what they do, and man- having people manage your money is so critically important. And this is one thing I've learned growing up, or growing over time, is a lot of people make financial decisions based on emotion and a financial advisor helps remove that emotion so that way you're not selling your stock at the worst possible time to to remove all the gains you've earned or things of that nature. So I don't want to talk too much about it because you're about to hear a whole slew of speaking between Jeff and I, but without any further, oh, I got to announce one last thing and I'm going to actually pull it up as we speak here, but because Jeff is in the finance world, we have to take proper precautions. So, securities are offered through First Global Capital Corp. Uh, member FINRA, SIPC. You can say FINRA as one word, but SIPC must be spelled out. Um, and everything that's talked about in this podcast is purely for educational use and your 
financial decisions need to be sat down with a individual financial advisor to determine your financial outcome. So everything in this entire bit is strictly for educational use. So I don't want anyone to think that they can say, oh, you know, Jeff said this. I should go do that. No. Everything in here is purely for educational use. All right. Without any further ado, please welcome my guest, Jeff Nagel. Early morning podcast. I say early because eight o'clock in the morning is early for me. We had nine. We did. We did. Nine's too late. I'm already in the office for at least two hours. My brain's going way too quick by then. Why? Are you like, do you just always wake up early? What's I think it actually started when I used to caddy because I was always up uh, at five o'clock in the morning, had to get to the golf course at six. Yeah. And for tea times and whatnot. Right. So, where'd uh, you caddy? South Road Hill. In Brightwaters, in Very nice. uh, Bayshore. Yeah. I assume you like it? Liked it? I loved it. Yeah, really? I did it for five or six years. What got you into that? Actually, um, just golfing. Uh, I was looking for a place I always played since I was... be better um, if you were good at golf, but whatever. You know, I, I, do, I do the best I can. <laughs> I do the best I can. But um, playing and just knowing the game helped a lot. Sure. Uh, get me in there. And uh, a lot of fun. Learned a lot, too. Oh, I believe it. It's actually funny because some of the um, people I used to either knew from caddying. Sure. um, Some were actually clients now. Really? Right. Kept in touch with them. Uh, Yes and no. But I went from a a kid carrying their bag to somebody in the weather, same field. Okay. And we see each other in passing to... People that all of a sudden the name pops up and it's like, wait a second, yeah, I, you remember <laughs> I know, me? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, I was uh, this big. <laughs> right. So things are a little bit different now, but uh, yeah, oh, I was awesome. Loved it. I would do it again in a heartbeat. Really? If I had more time, I would still do it. I really? love it. Yeah, preferably for really, really good golfers. But uh, now, why really good golfers? <laughs> the better the player, the more fun it is. Really? Why? Absolutely. Well, when you're carrying two bags and one guy hits it. To the left, uh. and the other guy hits it to the right. <laughs> that you're, makes sense, you're, actually. You're running all over the place. <laughs> I didn't so when the guys hit that. it straight, it's it's, uh, nice. it's enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> and the nice part about it was I was done early. I would caddy. We'd go out, for one of the first groups out, and be home by 1130. Really? Yeah, absolutely. And you only did once a day? It depends. Um, some days twice. I uh, do a couple loops, but uh, I work there as well. So uh, you, must, you must have been in some sick shape doing that. Uh, I was a lot skinnier than I am yeah. now. I'll tell you that. I got a, I got a buddy of mine. He just started working with PSCG as a meter reader, and he, he was and he he had his own company. He's just kind of done with it now, and he just started working for PSCG and being a meter reader. So he goes to house to house, to like mm-hmm. just scan it. He's like, I, I love it. Like I'm, I start my morning off early. I'm done. If I finish early, I'm done. And always like a bigger guy, not like. Mm-hmm. Fat, but like just lot packed on muscle really well, put it all in the right spots. And I just saw him the other day and I was like, dude, what happened to you? Like, he looks like he just escaped from the Holocaust. And that sounds awful, especially because you're Jewish. But that is true. 
And uh, he's like, dude, I, he goes, I walk on average 15 to 17 miles a day. He goes, I, it, I, it's just, it's falling off. Of, like, I cannot keep any muscle on me. And I'm like, oh, my God. But he looks great because, you know, he's not so stocky anymore. Now he's like kind of, I don't want to say thinning out, but evening out. I wish I had that problem. The more I, uh... <laughs> dude, I can't even see my toes. I wish exactly. I had that problem. I'm getting there. I'm not there. <laughs> I'm not there yet, but I'm definitely working my. Uh, I'm on my way for sure. <laughs> I saw a meme and it goes, "You know what? It's time to diet when you can't get your jeans on." <laughs> so, so, luckily, I have this one pair of jeans as I'm wearing right now that seem to fit no matter how skinny or how fat I get. Sure. <laughs> and all my work clothes don't fit anymore. Oh. So I found myself having to like unbutton the top button and it's really embarrassing. <laughs> so I'm doing whatever I can to try to make sure that button can close. Oh my god. Right. Eat so. McDonald's in the morning. It doesn't help. It does but I don't do that all the time. All right, fair enough. I don't do that all the time. Fair enough, fair enough. I haven't had I actually I haven't had McDonald's in probably 8 years. That's a long time. I apologize for trying to uh, bring Kill you me. back. Yeah, I, yeah, I apologize. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, the, their coffee actually is pretty good, though. I'll give you that. The the food, I don't know. I had, and this is what I had. I can tell you what I had. I was in the car. I was picking up lunch for a guy at the firehouse, and I had, and I stole one fry. I'm like, ah, you know, I haven't had McDonald's before that. I haven't had McDonald's, and I have a messed up story as to why I haven't eaten McDonald's, but. I had one fry, and I kid you not, it was like 11 or 12 o'clock, and I felt like shit all day long. Right. I mean, groggy, gross. I can feel like oil pumping through my veins. I'm like, oh, why would I do this again? Uh, yeah, I can't say I don't feel like that after yeah. eating it. I do. It's more sometimes of a need something quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes I crave it. This morning I was ready to uh, eat something. So. so you ready for this story? Let's hear it. I tried to eat in high school. Six. I tried to eat a hundred chicken McNuggets in one sitting. Hundred. Hundred. I feel. I don't know if I've told the story on here before. So, eat a hundred. Uh, sorry, I ate sixty-seven chicken McNuggets, which is a disgusting amount of chicken nuggets, and I do not recommend anybody that's listening to eat that many. For three reasons. One, it's like five days worth of fat and cholesterol. At least. At least it was like <laughs> I think it's. I think it was like three or four days worth of sodium, and it was like, I think, three and a half days worth of calories, or four days, four days worth of calories in one sitting, and I go to the bathroom, I go puke, can't get anything up, like it's like it's like coming up in chunks, and you know what Epicac is? I have no idea what that is. So Epicac was a solution they used to give drunk people back in the day to make them puke so they would get whatever's out of their sure. body. This is nowhere not nowhere where I thought the podcast was going to go, but this is what happens when you bring McDonald's. So I'm with my buddy Vin, and he's giving me Epicac solution to start to try to get it all out of my body because he doesn't want me to die. <laughs> that's, that's, that's literally it. There was a mom there. She's like, at McDonald's, she's like, do your parents know that you're doing this? And I was like, no. <laughs> why, why would they? You think they'd allow this? Are you kidding me? And she's like, well, I should tell your parents. And I go, well, you don't even know who I am. So thanks. So I go I go across the street. He lives down by, the, down by Blue Point by the water at the time. And I'm doing jumping jacks, anything to agitate my body to get this whole thing up. <laughs> Finally, nothing's working. And the Epic Hack Solutions, four years expired over. So, so like, okay, you know, whatever, dude, I get to the top of my block. I live on a cul-de-sac. There's nine houses on that, 
of that street, all on an acre of property. I threw up every like forty or fifty feet the whole way home. <laughs> Awful. But I felt I didn't die, so that's good. It's definitely a plus. I'm here now. Massaging your drums. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's my McDonald's. And and after that day I really never eat McDonald's. <laughs> I can understand why. <laughs> That's not a. Uh, I can understand why. Jeff is like, I was gonna send this out to a bunch of people, but yeah, now, probably not now. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> especially the first seven minutes, whatever. Uh, so I'm very curious because you're very good at golf. And I'm okay I'm not at, golf. at golf. I wouldn't say very good. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a four handicap. That's not. Oh, good is scratch. Okay. Which, if I didn't work as much as I did, I definitely. Could what is be. scratch? Scratch is no handicap. Correct. Gotcha. So if if par is whatever eighty eight, right? That's a normal no. par. What's no, normal? Not even par? close, actually. Oh god. Uh, par is generally seventy two. Generally, oh, shit can be seventy one, can be seventy, but generally seventy two. So then handicap is like seventy six. Uh, so the way the system actually works is com- is odd. Um, they take some of your low scores and some of your highest scores and kind of throw them out. I'm not sure exactly how it works. Sure. Um, so it, it sometimes it seems not fair because if you have one really good round, that can really bring your handicap down, and uh. which hurts because I say I go out and I shoot one under or two under that day, and that doesn't happen often. Sure. Um, that really affects you going forward. So if you're playing with your buddies and you oh, give each you other, put it in the com- do you put it in the computer? Oh yeah, everything's tracked. Sure, you can look me up on uh, <laughs> the Gin really? app. Absolutely. The what PJ app? So let me see what it's it's the Gin. Because this is all very you know I it's play a USGA app. I, I'm very new to this whole thing. I play golf for the activities that happened while while golfing. Sure, understood. Um, Since I'm usually golfing at six thirty in the morning. Um, like I said, activities that usually come. This this coffee would have Bailey's and Jameson in it. Some guys out there that do that. <laughs> I used so I used to work at your golf course, believe okay. it or not, at the tavern on the green. Okay. And there are some guys that would come in there, oh, not sure. rat nobody out. Nice. Vodka on the rocks. I'd pound it down and just go. Si- you know, oh, six sure. a.m., six thirty in the morning. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Oh my sure. God! With nobody around. I'm in high school, and I thought that like yeah. at the time, or I was just in college. I just gotten out of high school. I don't remember what it, what it was, and I was like, "Dude, I I could drink all the time, and I wouldn't do that at this hour." Oh yeah, nothing's better than seeing some of these old guys. Just uh, you know, they'll grab their coffee, and all of a sudden you'll see the little bottle come out, and like nobody's looking, like nobody see. Oh yeah, what's that over there? Here you go. <laughs> oh yeah. And now, how much golf do you play? You're because uh, you're. I know you're an avid golfer. I'd like to play at least try to. Twice a week. Really? Try to. In I the summers. You. Obviously, right now, there's not much going on. So, instead, I just spend money on uh, golf clubs. <laughs> and uh, Sure. Did you take lessons and all that good stuff? I did. Really? I did. For years. And that made you a significantly better player, you think? I think so. It, it didn't hurt. Anybody trying to play or wanting to play definitely needs to take lessons. I'm because I'm definitely considering it. Right. The last thing you want to do, though, is go and do something without knowing how to do it and get into bad habits. And it's very oh, easy. Oh, I've already developed those. Right. Most people have. But uh, you're still young enough where you can break them. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. Right. Yeah. I Yeah, I got to do that. Definitely. Probably this year. Yeah, because as I get older, I realize that golf is a major, majorly important thing in the business world. Sure. So, and... Uh, it's definitely helped me quite a bit. Yeah, I'll get clients and stuff. 
not even get clients. One, definitely, yes, get clients. Um, but secondly, when I'm obviously, uh, you know, a little bit younger than most of uh, my clients. Sure. Uh, a lot of them are in their late 40s, 50s, and 60s and older. Um, so golf for me is kind of an equalizer. Sure. Where if somebody's a successful business person, either sold their business or is just looking to save for retirement, and um, uh, they see me, and uh, again, I look a little bit older than I, I am, which I, I don't know if that's good or bad. I, that means I would I really say it helps look, you now. It helps me now. That just means when I'm 40 and 50, I'm going to really look like uh, you're going to look really old. Really old. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely an equalizer because if you go out with somebody on the golf course, uh, at least I think so, and it sounds ridiculous, but if you're so much better or you can do something that they can't i've definitely seen uh, or feel it has helped me significantly oh it's and helped you, you oh absolutely really? put you on a different level sure really because you're doing something that they can't and they've probably never experienced it right or if they do it's very rare right interesting now do you want to explain pe- to people what you do on on the day-to-day sure so i am a uh, financial advisor i've uh, been doing it now for uh, just under eight years and we are not stock pickers. We are not traders. Our um, whole philosophy is we look to put a plan in place that's going to help all of our clients reach whatever goal they're trying to accomplish. Sure. And I know that's a little broad, but everybody's got different goals. If you're 40, your goals are different. If you're 50, 60, and 70, your goals are different. It all depends on your assets, whether you're looking to uh, save on taxes and gift money, how to do so, what's the best way to do so. Um, and obviously different investment strategies, whether it's stocks, bonds, funds, annuities, sure. uh, making sure you have enough insurance, whether it's life insurance or long-term care insurance, or something that many people don't talk about is, are you overinsured? I don't know how many people I sit down with and they go, oh, I have uh, $3.5 million of life insurance. Well, you have no mortgage on your house. Your kids are through college. You have X amount of dollars in the bank. What, what do you have so much for now? Why are you paying these high premiums? Um, but is it better to have more insurance? <laughs> it, it depends. Okay. And that's a very open-ended question. It, it can hurt, but if you don't need it, um, in my opinion, there's no reason to pay for it. Uh, I'm a big believer in insurance. You want to pay as little as possible for as much coverage as possible. Sure. And there's a lot of people and clients I sit down with that are much older that have some of these older policies that they're either paying too much for or there's cash value in them that they can take out of the policies or loans that they can take from the policies that they weren't aware of. There's so many different things, and it gets so technical when it comes to these different um, life insurance policies. But it's really people just not knowing and needing to be educated on the topic. I gotcha. Which is something that um, we focus on quite a bit because people need to know what they're invested in, how they're invested in, and why it's – Working or not working. So do you, like, when you see these things, what is the general reaction? Because, at least myself, if I realized I was spending extra dollars, I guess it's never the worst thing in the world to have more insurance than you need. It's probably way worse to have less insurance than you need. Absolutely. And that's something we see all the time as well. Because if I sit down with a young family who... You have two, uh, husband and wife, or husband and husband, or uh, wife, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> whatever they well, want to do whatever these the, days. Whatever they want. Well, this is all different kinds of families out there now. Sure. Um, in the changing times. But, not a bad um, thing, by the way. No, not a bad thing at all. Um, 
you have two professionals that are making money, that are putting money into their retirement accounts, that are saving in 529 plans for their kids' colleges, and they have a half-million-dollar mortgage or a $600,000, $7 whatever it is, and they don't have any life insurance. So my mm. question is, so if, God forbid, something were to happen to one of you and you lose a salary, how are you going to pay off your mortgage or how are you going to put your kid through college or save the money that you've been saving? Yeah. So that's something that <laughs> you need to pay attention to. Sure. And um, I just want to make sure everybody knows how they're currently set up, what needs to be changed, what doesn't need to be changed. So what do you think the easiest – so give away some free advice if you're allowed sure. to. Absolutely. What do you think the easiest way people can go about realizing that either they're overinsured, underinsured, you know, do you deal with brokers? You could spin that mic around. It it does screw in at some point. Okay. So if you gotta mess around with it. Um but, you know, do you say, hey, go to a broker, go go to an insurance broker and check this out because I know you guys don't sell insurance. Or do you say, hey, let me – do you even look at the policies? Like how does that process work or what can they do to say – because, like, I know for myself, and we'll just use basic car insurance, I went to Geico and they wanted like $400 plus a month for a 2013 Honda Accord. Right. And I'm like, uh, I'm not selling a kidney to drive a 2013 car here. So – Thankfully, I knew a broker, and a broker is just somebody who's going to go out there, find you the best deal, right. and bring it back to you and say, hey, this is what this deal has, this, 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 this. Um, and then I wound up spending about like literally half of that for my car. I think it's actually just under half. Right. So we don't sell any car insurance. Again, I'm a financial advisor, so we don't sell any yeah. car insurance or anything like that. Uh, we do sell life insurance and long-term care um, okay. insurance. It's not something we're going out and soliciting, per se. Sure. Um, but it is something when somebody comes to us with all their statements – and uh, their um, budget worksheets and say, okay, this is what we're spending. This is what we have. This is what we're looking to accomplish. This is where we're looking to be in uh, 10 years from now, five years from now, 20 years, whatever it may be. Um, We really look at things comprehensively and um, make sure people are positioned. But I would say sit down with an advisor, um, trying to guess on your own and do See, okay, no, I am insured enough. I'm not insured. I'm overinsured, whatever it may be. Sit down with a professional and let them tell you. So find an advisor that you trust is uh, most important and somebody you can rely on. And when you call them, they're going to answer. And uh, Very important of the answer. That's something for me. Um, and again, being younger, something I've seen with a lot of clients is, and a lot of accounts that have been uh, transferred over to me from other brokerage houses, is older advisors that... Um, are a little bit more maybe complacent now because they have one foot out the door because they're in that retirement mode. They're in their 60s, 65, 70, and they're, they're working, but maybe they're only working two or three days a week. Sure. Whereas um, service to me, as well as um, the people I do business with and some partners that help me um, in different companies, um, I, I like to stay on top of things. And you have to. So you have to. You know. Because if you don't, somebody else will. So I'm exactly. I'm very I'm very proactive, and uh, I, I always say to my clients, and I had a meeting last night at eight o'clock in uh, East Patchog. I, I said something. If you want to work with me, I, I I'm not saying I demand, but it's it's the truth. We meet at least once a year, at bare minimum, and that's sure. not enough. I, I generally meet with clients twice a year, uh, three times a year, quarterly. It really depends on how often people want to meet. Sure. Um, where they're at in their planning, 
if they're retired and we're already starting to take income from their portfolios, it's necessary to maybe meet more to make sure we're still on track. Sure. If you're younger and you're in their saving and growing mode, well, that's a little bit more, you know, let's put a strategy in place that's going to grow those dollars um, the best we can, make sure it's diversified. Sure. And sure. worry about saving money, not so much anything else. Yeah. No, I think I think it's very important, you know, regardless of what area of investing, you know, because I know plenty of people that ex- – and this is what's really bad about kids our age. They don't have a nickel in the market. Right. They don't have a job that's going to pay them anything. You know, they're still skating by. I'm sure you know plenty of people that you went to school with. You're only sure. a year older. And, you know, I think there's going to be a serious time in either their life or – you know, it, it'll happen in their life where they're going to realize, I'm screwed. Well, you know, I'll give you an example. Something that <laughs> a lot of my friends ask me um, that are kind of just getting started, starting oh, to make some have real cool. money. Yeah, just a couple. <laughs> uh, I didn't say a lot, um, but a big issue, uh, or uh, I think this country's biggest issue is going to be student loan debt. Oh. So now you have these kids coming out of college. They have. I got it. It's uh, the worst thing in the world. Right. So, say you have fifty thousand, which isn't a tremendous amount, but that's still a lot. Sure. Um, but I know kids that have a hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars in student loan. Oh debt. yeah. So now you come out of school at seven or eight percent interest. Right. But not only that, which is horrible as it is. So they come out of school. Um, they're making X amount of dollars a year. Let's say not what they're going to be earning in twenty years from now, but on the lower end, say they're making whatever. Sure. Um, being able to um, move out of their parents' house, um, pay off their student loan debt, and whether rent or purchase a home, it's next to impossible. And I have friends now that are making good money that are still living with their parents because they're paying $800 a month for student loans. Oh, yeah. And then you have, say you're leasing a say well say you're leasing a car for even two hundred dollars <laughs> a month which is low but so that's a thousand dollars right there out the window out the window of after tax dollars um how could you possibly afford rent or a mortgage and how are you going to be able to pay for a down payment on a house oh so yeah. what does that do to our economy and our local especially here in long island dude i have twenty thousand dollars in debt and i am like this sucks like Right, and I if get you're not, my bill, and I'm like, Ugh, come on. So imagine you had a hundred. Even if you come out of school and say you're a doctor or a, a vet or a, an attorney, oh, yeah. so now you come out, you're making more money maybe than some um, other people. But if you have a hundred twenty, hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt, that's a lot to pay off. <laughs> oh yeah, and to be able to a lot, dude. That's a house. My point exactly. Um, so it's difficult, and I think it's a major issue. <laughs> hey, with you just graduated rates. college. Here's two home mortgages to, to pay off. Well, how could you possibly move out or rent or – Well, so here's my flip side to this whole story. It's literally impossible in New York. Like, it's, it's not easy. You know, I, I couldn't – I cannot see – you know, uh, this is part of the reason why I'm going down south. People are like, why do you want to go down south? I'm like, one, because it was – Felt like negative 16 the other day. That brutal. Is, brutal, by the way. That is 50 <laughs> degrees lower than I ever want to feel in my life. It's like 60 today, though. Yeah. And rain. It's gorgeous. I, I couldn't believe how warm it is. I was like, oh, it's perfect. I was thinking about golfing afterwards. Putting on it's a rain raining. jacket and going yeah. out. Oh, yeah? I don't care. Yeah, you'll go out in the rain? Yeah, sometimes. Really? Absolutely. That's love of the game right there. Absolutely. Um, But, you know, one is... It's just so expensive here, and and it's not even the price of the house; it's the taxes that'll crush you. You know, you get a decent size, you know, 
I don't even want to say a decent sized house. You can get a hut on Long Island and it could be ten ten thousand dollars a year in taxes. Ten of after tax dollars. You know, that's the big thing is it's after tax dollars. Right. You know, unless you converted your home into an office space and you could write that off or you know, one guy I thought this was pretty interesting, but he turned his home into a smart home, and that was one of the things he was selling. So he got to write the entire house off. Interesting. And I was like, that is very – I mean, he goes, it cost me a fortune to get it done, but now I'll be able to write it off for pretty much ever. What I had – two of my friends do is moved to North Carolina because they couldn't afford homes up here. They both just got married, and sure. they're like, why am I staying here? We're going to have to live with my parents for the next five years to save money. We don't want to do that. We want to start a family, yeah. but we can't do it here. So they went down south, bought a house for $150,000, which mm-hmm. <laughs> you obviously can't find here or anywhere near that. Unless you want to live and in a shack or something that's been... So, or some place that you don't want to live that's not safe. Yes. Uh, or a condo, which there's some nice condos you can find um, for that, that cost, but again... Plus um, HOA fees, though. Yeah, right. And all that adds up. But they moved down south. Um, they bought a big, beautiful house for $150,000, $160,000. Taxes are $1,200 a year. <sighs> Do they make less money? Absolutely. But their quality of life is... Through the roof. It's different. It's not Long yeah. Island, though. I like to eat, so... So, all right. So, two things. One, I was down south. I'm actually going down south in February. Uh, probably right around the time when this is going to be released. Um, but I'll be down south in February for probably about two to three weeks. And the f- I don't know what everybody's issue is with the food down there. But when I was down there, God damn, <laughs> the food was phenomenal. They don't, I don't have good sauce. What? They don't have good sauce. Oh, like uh, tomato sauce? Uh, tomato sauce, yeah. Yeah, pasta sauce. I don't eat pasta anymore. I'm done. I gave it up. <laughs> I don't know how you can do that. Dude, I had a Guinness last night at... Several, actually. And I kid you not, I when I took my first sip, I thought, I don't even believe in God. I thought Jesus was going to come down and bless me. I was like, how did how did I give this up for a month? I'm like, this, and Guinness is my favorite beer probably of all time. And I'm just like, took that sip, and I'm like, oh, this is good. This is like, I don't think I've ever had a Guinness. I don't think I've ever had a Guinness. I don't like to look at it. No. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. I got a meeting at Nine 11. O'clock. What time is it? Oh, I got a couple hours. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. You'll burn that right off. Oh, no, sure. <laughs> but uh, I was like, this is so good. But, dude, down south, I had the food is phenomenal. I couldn't find a bad place to eat out of all of them. Honest to God. Um, it's definitely not healthy. There's healthier options up right. here. That I realized. Um, the weather is much nicer. The one thing I don't like. And this is the this is my this is gonna be my biggest challenge when I do move down in probably twenty twenty is being near the coastline for a semi affordable price. Because people from New York that own all the property down there already know that we're looking to move down there close to the coastline and you could still buy houses for two hundred and change, two hundred and fifty, three hundred thousand. But flip side of it, property taxes are fifteen hundred bucks a year. So it makes that house significantly more affordable sure and another issue we have is interest rates so interest rates go up seven um, percent right on average and uh, well that we're talking about student loans right now you're talking about right oh yeah, yeah. But i'm talking about if you were to get a mortgage and interest rates keep going up oh yeah which yeah. they have backed off now a little bit over the last uh few months um that just makes it even more difficult and i was just sitting down with a um um 
a new client of, of mine, and uh, he sells real estate. And uh, he said to me, he goes, what do you pay for your car? Or how much did your car cost? And I said, I don't know, $36,000, $37,000. He goes, that's not usually the answer I get. Um, he goes, normally I get uh, 350 a month or 400 a month or whatever it is. He goes, because that's how people are looking at when they purchase a home. Sure. It's not... Oh, I'm looking for a house for a half million dollars, or I'm looking at something for six hundred thousand dollars. How much is my monthly payment? Right. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was interesting because I so I, I don't look at things like that. But when he said that, he goes, "That's what all of the um, millennials want to know: is I can afford twenty five hundred a month. How much can I get? What can I get?" Oh, it's crazy, dude. We spend money like we got it. I say we because you, I know you're in the group of millennials. I am, but it's. I feel like I'm about sixty. But, yeah, and my body aches like I'm about sixty. So oh, that's so sad. It is. It's because you don't sleep enough. You're up too early. <laughs> God, I feel not great. Gonna, I got a memory sleep. foam mattress, dude. I laid down, dude. Get this. <laughs> the memory foam. God, God I got it. the. Me- I got a memory foam mattress, and I get in bed, and probably fifty percent of the time before I fall asleep, I just feel my body <laughs> sitting on it, and I'm like this feels great when was the last time you did that on your mattress like laid down and was like "Ooh, this feels good <laughs> i don't know exactly i don't know maybe Big i got a memory foam i do have like one of those memory tempurpedic pillows but the problem is when it gets cold yeah uh, they suck the heat right out of you right <sighs> yeah yeah i don't know if i could commit to that that's yeah. a that's a big i don't use it i think it's under the bed somewhere it fell <laughs> Been there for like three years. Your little, dog, so. your little dog sleeps on it. I don't know where. Oh, gosh, don't even get going with that dog. <laughs> that dog. Yeah. The uh, yeah, dude. It's you got. You're maybe not sleeping enough. I don't know. But uh, you know, it's it's a it is it is a major. Pr- you know, I have friends that are making you know two three. You know, they have an extra two three thousand dollars a month, and you know, slightly expendable income. We'll call it. You know, there's still sure. s- you know some money in there, and they're going out and just buying all this stuff you know oh i I, you know i have three thousand dollars for a living let me get a home you know let me get an apartment for twenty five hundred well so that's the thing so now say you're spending twenty five hundred dollars a month on an apartment most likely if you have um that to spend you could afford a mortgage if you had the down payment sure not again not all the time this is very generally speaking but uh, i know people's mortgages that are much less than twenty five hundred a month but you need that 20% or less, and I know you had other real estate, on. I'm sure today they have some deals where you can put down much less and still be able yeah. to afford the mortgage. But it all comes down to um, how much debt you have as well and if you qualify. Sure, sure. So it's definitely uh, an issue, and I think you're going to have um, – what you're already having is younger people leaving Long Island um, so they can go and live. And I go to a lot of events. Uh, and we lazy. We don't want to do fix homes and – like that's the other thing I'm realizing is everybody just wants it done. Nobody wants to put in the work, which is my mind is a really bad thing. Well, it's again, I bought my house, I guess five years ago and it was far from perfect. And, um, I just wore coffee. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Jeff is laughing. <laughs> that's the, that was interesting. <laughs> a, little, a little splash back there. <laughs> um, but I bought the house and needed work and, um, it, took time to get it kind of sure it's still not sure done. are you handy too uh <laughs> great question <laughs> i uh i think i am okay you gotta in life you gotta know what you're good at and know what you're not oh uh, yeah um 
I like to think I'm good at what I do, and I think my clients to some uh, degree. I'm good at what I do. <laughs> but I like to fiddle. Um, I like to go in my garage and move things from side to side. And if any of you are listening that do that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I go in there, I turn on a music and just kind of oh yeah, you're move telling things, me you love the garage. sweep. Yeah, and not that my garage is anything fantastic because it's not. Uh, my house was built in the '60s, but I just I move things back and forth. I sweep. I try to keep it clean and. Sure. That that's it. Um, but I attempt to um, fiddle. Okay. And uh, I tried spackling, uh, which is a disaster. Spackling and is not an easy. No, spackling is an art. Yes. And you really need to have uh, <laughs> some experience in doing so. So I, I guess it was about a, two weeks after I bought the house, I painted. I'm like I got to spackle and paint and all this. So I start spackling and I throw a whole glob of it on. I'm sh- whatever you're smearing it all over the place. <laughs> and. Um, it still looks like like a, a five year old just got a paintbrush and yeah. Just... But the, the nice part about spackling is if you are just determined enough, it'll look good, and you can just sand it down at the end of the day. Yeah, well, I... you didn't sand it down. No, uh, no. Did you pay somebody to come in and fix it? Uh, so luckily, my father in law is quite handy. Okay. Um, so he does a lot of the uh, fix up. Does he uh, hate you? The house. Oh no, he loves it. Okay, good. he loves doing that stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's great. He saved me a lot of money. Oh, I could only imagine. Oh, yeah. Dads are great. Obviously, he's a dad. Yes. If he's a father-in-law. Yes. That would so. be uh, that'd be accurate. <laughs> accurate statement. Absolutely. So, um, to get back to financial advising, wealth, you know, how do you, I don't, I don't know, tell me about it because for the a life in the day of the average person, they might not even know who you are, how to sure. find you, like all that kind of stuff, you know. One thing I'm realizing also is an, is there's a major disconnect, and we're very privileged because we do a lot of business networking. Sure. So if I need an attorney, for example, I have 15 of them that I could call sure. without even doing a Google search, right? And I can go down the list of you know who's my favorite and who's not my favorite, whatever it may be, or who's a good fit for the job. Sure. So, how does the average person find an advisor? Find find anybody, you know, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, which I actually think is a question for you as well, being in the marketing sure. uh, business. But my name um, is Jeff Nagel. I'm with AVZ Wealth Management over in Hop Hog. And, uh, you looked at your card like you forgot your name. No, no. I was just <laughs> seeing if uh, what numbers were on here for the facts and all that fun stuff. But, oh, um, I got you. But um, we are an independent advisor. Um, we what does that mean? Have so, you know, your Morgan Stanleys, your Merrill Lynch's, your sure. UBS's, your Wirehouse's, your bigger groups. We're an independent advisor where um, we don't have any proprietary products. We don't um, – we're not pushing anything. Our main objective is, again, to really put a plan in place that's going to help our clients achieve sure. whatever goal that they're trying to. And uh, we always talk about retirement, but you also have to live. Yeah. So it's so much more than just, oh, saving for retirement long term. It's planning. It's planning. That's exactly right. Um, but my number is 631-434-9500 if anybody has questions. Absolutely. You're and if good, anybody, sure. And don't be shy to call. I, I don't bite. And uh, I will do whatever I can to help you. Um, but to find an advisor, what I would do is, um, one, speak to family and friends first. And maybe they know somebody that they can introduce you to. If not, um, go to Google and type in local financial advisors and see who's out there. And I would say don't just sit down with one. 
sit down with multiple. Yeah, half um, a dozen and interview. interview. Absolutely, an interview. I tell everybody that interview sure. whoever. If you're doing business with somebody, especially if you're giving them, you know, it's not like a, hey, I'm buying a coffee from you. It's, right. You know, it's a relationship. Yeah. And that's exactly have what I told years. the couple I was with last night. I said, this is ju- this is a, a relationship, and this is they were referrals, so yeah. that makes it. We're basically much, dating at this point. Get ready for a lot of right. phone calls. And something that I think is extremely important. Again. Um, I'm going to be in the business for the next 20, 30, 40 years. Sure. And I think the people in their 30s and 40s need an advisor that are going to be going through the process with them, sure. not somebody who is in their late 50s, early 60s that is going to be out of the business when – They've already stopped caring at that point. They're, they're not even – no, it's not about stop caring, but they're going to be out of the business when these people need them most. Yeah. So – Oh, um, so that gives you a huge advantage. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I, I think so. And um, and going back to AVZ for a minute. So we're an independent, um, a little under 400 or over, right around that number, $425 million in assets under our supervision. That's individual assets, um, families, friends, all of that, um, as, as, well as, as well as corporate. Uh, so we do 401k plans and all kinds of qualified plans for uh, a lot of local businesses, sure. as well as down they in Florida. They increased the uh, 401k plan, by the way. The amount you can contribute, yeah, yeah, right? So yep. for twenty nineteen, that, that was pretty impressive. So for twenty nineteen, I believe it's nineteen thousand now. Yeah, I think is the max you can put in if you're under fifty. It was eighteen five, yeah. and now I guess you can put in twenty five thousand for a six thousand dollar catch up. I believe. Don't quote me on that. Yes. If you're over fifty, I'm pretty sure it is. I know those. They came out about a month ago, and I was actually just looking at it yesterday. Do you want me to put a little disclaimer in the beginning, by the way, saying like, "Oh, all the information in here is just as educational," like the, all those things that you always see? Absolutely. Okay, yeah, I'll put that sure. in there for, for everybody. That Absolutely. way, they can't just be like, "Jeff said this, so I'm gonna take it to the bank." Right. Yeah. Well, uh, again, when you're looking for um, advice, one, I would speak to Harrison. Or speak to God, somebody. You know everybody. I do know everybody. You know Weirdly everybody. Weirdly enough. Get this. So it's a little side story. So it drives my girlfriend that I'm dating right – the girl I'm dating right now um, nuts that I just – I know so many people. She Because because <laughs> she can't keep track. Right. You know, it took my ex-girlfriend like two – a solid two years to know just about everybody that I had – and we spent a lot of time together – to know everybody that I knew. So that way when she would walk into a room, it wouldn't be – you know, oh, this is my girlfriend. It was, you know, she would just go up and say hi to them, and I didn't have to introduce her or anything. So we're in Penn Station at, I think, 8 o'clock at night on a Saturday this past weekend. And I kid you not, one of my buddies, my buddy Steve, comes up to me. I don't know. I didn't even see the guy. Like, And he's not tiny. Like, he's six foot three, six foot four. Like, shoulder slams me, and I'm a big dude. And I'm like, holy, oh, take it back. He's like, what's up, buddy? And I'm like, oh, my God. And then she's like, I, we aren't even near home, and people are coming up to you. Then we're in the pro- – so, you know, we talked to him. I said, hey, how's everything going? I haven't seen him in a while. And and then we're leaving Penn Station finally. I bump into somebody else I know there, and she's like, two people. She's like, this is getting a little ridiculous. Yeah, yeah that's that's literally what, what it – she's like, How? And then she's with her friend who lives in uh, Lindenhurst, and she's in New York City with us, too, and we're going out for her friend's birthday party. And uh, her friend is like, 
Who is this guy? Exactly. Exactly. Who is? You know, like you didn't tell me who we were with. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, not, I'm definitely not famous by any stretch of the imagination, but I spend a lot of time. I just I like to meet people. I like to spend time right. with people. I like to learn about people. And, and for everybody listening, again, that is looking for um, anybody, an advisor, attorney, um, accountant, whatever it may be. Um, talk to your family and friends. Talk to people that you trust, because I'm sure somebody knows. Or has a relationship to some degree if they're not working with personally an advisor, an accountant. Um, if you don't have anybody that you can reach out to to help you. Um, Just reach out to the podcast. Reach out to the podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll get somebody Absolutely. Real quick. Harrison can hook you up with somebody. <laughs> um, but it's very important to trust and like the person you're working with. Sure. Because you have no idea how many times I, when we transfer assets from another firm over to us because they're not happy with the service they're getting. And they go, I, don't even, I didn't even like the guy. Or the lady. I didn't even like him. I said, so why are you working with him? Well, I, I guess I just didn't want to be bothered with moving assets and stuff like that. It's not that That's hard. Hard. That's the easiest part. Yeah. Uh, yeah you came seven in, days. You can some, transfer assets over, sign some paperwork, and we handle everything. Yeah. yeah. But really having a plan and knowing what your money is doing and if it's working the way it should – that's what's important. So find somebody you can connect with and you want to go see, not somebody that you're going to go to their office or they're going to come to your house and be like, oh, jeez, I got to see him today <laughs> oh, geez. or her. Well, I know some people. Oh, I believe it. The stories I, I've heard are just, they blow my mind. Um, I can only imagine. The way you can share them uh, if you want. Uh, well, one, <laughs> one story. No, no, cool. I'm absolutely not doing that. <laughs> but one story, I started working with this lady um, just over a year ago now. And, um, Young lady uh, has some money from an unfortunate event that actually happened um, in her life. So she inherited some money, and she was working with the uh, her family's her parents' advisor at the time. So she wasn't comfortable with him. They didn't hit it off. And she goes, I really want to come in, sit down with you, and talk and see if we're a fit. And we get along great, and um, I really enjoyed our meeting. And I said, you and know. now we're dating. Well, <laughs> Well, no, no, we're not dating, <laughs> but um, it, it's important. And I know yeah. it sounds funny because yeah. it really is a, a relationship. And um, she came in, and we went over. I put together a proposal. She goes, Jeff, I love it. I'm really looking forward to working with you. We transferred the assets over, and as soon as the advisor found out the assets are transferring, she got a call. Uh, and yeah. that happens and doesn't happen. It depends on the relationship they had. It depends on if they're paying attention, too. And, and he was – well, he didn't pay attention to her at all. That's uh -huh. the thing. And all of a sudden, of course, when money's leaving, now he's going to call. Yeah. That, again, blows my mind. And he goes, I can't believe you're moving the money. Um, gosh, your, your parents would be so upset. And I'm uh -huh. just like, I can't believe – that somebody's actually doing this sure. in the like it blows in a my, professional environment. It, it's it's really sad and stuff like that just drives me absolutely, um, absolutely as, crazy. as it should. Absolutely crazy because that just uh, puts a bad look on the whole industry. Of course. Um, yeah, you got to be. It's always better to talk to the customer more than less. Oh, I've realized you got to stay in front of people and you got to help them. You know, and unless you're a doctor, the that's the that's like the only a doctor or an attorney are probably the only two people you don't want to get a phone call from regularly. I haven't been to the doctor in I don't know how long. I mean, like that's probably good. Yeah, I don't think I feel you, great. I'm a firm believer in you don't need to go to the doctor unless it's definitely important to have like health checkups and just make sure you're not. You, I'm telling you, spin that thing. You'll you'll get it. It'll it'll go around. You could spin the mic around a couple times. 
it's, it, it should spin correctly. Uh, who knows? Uh, it's just we got to get better stuff in here. I'm cheaping <laughs> out. Uh, podcast is making money now, so we're, we're on the right track to getting new equipment. Um, but, like, as long as you feel good and you didn't, you know, right. you're not hurting anywhere or stuff like that, and you take your health seriously by not eating McDonald's, you're probably going to be fine, you know. They didn't know people didn't always have doctors. Yeah, you should probably go in for treatment and stuff like that every once in a while, but and maybe see them and just say, "Hey, just checking in, just checking in on you. How you doing, doc?" Sure. You know, check me out, but other than that, you know, I've had my fair share of doctors on here and as long as long as you can you preserve yourself and you do right by yourself, usually you're pretty much fine. Yeah, I like to think so at least. Yeah, I mean, look, I gotta go for a checkup. You, you look great. That's great. So thank you, appreciate that. No problem. Other than the thirty pounds I put on since I've been married. Thirty? Nah, nah, well, not quite, but pretty, pretty damn close. Jeez. Twenty-five. Twenty. <laughs> not thirty, but twenty-five. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, but you got a great wife. I do. She's wonderful. You can play. Very lucky. You can talk about her if you want. Yeah. No, she's great. She actually just started. She's an absolute sweetheart. She's actually um, starting. Uh, she just finished her student teaching and all sure. that. Teacher and uh, how old is she, she just, by the way? She's twenty seven. Okay. And uh, she was going to school for audiology first. Didn't love that. Went back to school for teaching, sure. and she absolutely loves it. And uh, she just got a uh, an offer yesterday. So congrats. That's yeah. No, she's she's thrilled and excited to start. And she put in a lot of work and effort and time. Sure. And uh, that's the one thing that I never understood. I I get why people want to be teachers a hundred percent, but that is like the it's the most rewarding job, with the smallest paycheck attached to it. I think. Yeah, and she's doing it because she absolutely that's what she's meant to do. Oh, it's I, not something I believe where it. she's just uh, oh yeah no I'm gonna teach so I can no she yeah she's very hard for especially she, new teachers right they make shekels like right. whew, like you gotta want to do that job. She's not doing it for the money. Oh, I believe it. I, I don't think I would say mo- that's like one of those professions you don't do it for the money. Right. You know that. I'm not help- saying the benefits are bad because yeah, <laughs> the pension and uh, yeah. the the health insurance of is not a terrible thing. But, but yeah, uh, it's it's definitely a job that you gotta love to do. Sure. And that being a doctor, I think because there's no way you're making it through. Eight, 12 Listen, years of at, school. At the end of the day, you got to love what you're doing, regardless yeah. uh, of what you're doing, whether you're a doctor, attorney, sure. accountant, financial Do you think there's advisor. a disconnect with our generation, with all generations? Do you think? Do you think there's a disconnect with people not loving what they do, and do you think it's causing issues in their life? Because now you're dealing usually with the upper echelon of people, right? You know, do you see it frequently of, hey, you know, I do this, I hate my job, but I make so much money, I can put, you know, this this much money in the bank, this, that, and the other thing? Not so much. Um, I think a lot of people do like what they do. I'm not saying there's not a handful of people that sure. can't change careers because they're just, they're making too much money and they know if they do something that's going to make them happier that they're going to take a huge pay cut. Sure. There's definitely a ton of people out there. But one thing I see, or, or I think, and uh, a big disconnect is, Everybody, all your teachers in high school are so worried about going to um, college. And all these events I go to, they always talk about, well, there's nobody that wants to be an electrician anymore or a plumber or Talked something. Talked about this on the podcast last night, actually. Well, it's so important because those are great jobs. Oh, and yeah. And so go to school, get a degree. And the best part about it, you come out of high school with 
zero debt. Right. And you can go to trade school for free. And there's, if there's any younger people listening, I'm not saying, oh, yeah, just don't go to college. But think about what you want to do first because I think it's crazy. You go away to a four-year school. You have no idea what you're going to do. That's and my big problem. you're getting college. into all this debt. And you come out and now you go, okay, so now what? Yeah. Go to school for something where you're going to come out with a job and they need you regardless of what the yeah. economy or is Or don't go to school and or figure out what you want to do. Go to trade school. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah, picking up a trade is not a bad idea. No. And that's something I, I always tell people. They're like, oh, my kid's going to this school. What do they want to do? Ah, not really sure yet. Well, maybe go to Suffolk for two years. Figure it out. Yeah. Sounds um, cheap. I went to Suffolk for two years and then went to Farmingdale because I knew I wanted to be an advisor, but I also wanted to play you some. You went to Farmingdale? I did. I didn't know that. Me yeah. too. Yeah, and loved Suffolk. it. Yeah, I love I love both to be honest. And uh, one, I I have no debt. Yeah. And uh, could I have done things a little differently? Absolutely. Of course. Um, I could have went away to a school, a big school, and had fun. And but I probably wouldn't have bought a house when I did, or sure. got married when I did, or do anything like that. So uh, it all ended up working out, even though <laughs> it might not have been as much fun. Fun. Yeah. You know, my my biggest problem, and I and I and I said this in high school was, I kind of think I I was I've been working since I was like fourteen years old, if not younger. I was always hustling in some kind of whatever, if it, whatever it was. If I was donating time, moving trees at you know a church, it was to you know make tip money on the side. Sure. You know, helping a church sell Christmas trees so they can make money. You know, there was always some kind. Of, you know, I was always heavily involved in just trying to get trying to work and get things done this that and the other thing and you know when when i was done with high school all these kids are like oh i'm going to you know i'm going to albany you know it's right. the biggest party school in new york and or this or i'm going to Cortland. i'm like well, what are you going to school for i'm going for this i'm like well why you have i've never even heard you talk about this why are you gonna go do that oh it's a great party school and i kind of i think it's interesting and i'm like do you understand how many parties you could have for twenty thousand dollars a year? Like, right? Yeah. It, God damn, that's a lot of partying for twenty grand a year. I don't know if it's parents wanting their kids to experience uh, college and that that whole thing because it definitely is an yep. experience, yep. and you can't put a price on that. There's no doubt. Yes. Um, that's something you can't get back. And would I have liked to have gone away? And uh, of course, of course, Who it would have been right. Um, have no responsibility and just worry about school and having a good time. <laughs> and everything's great. paid for. And everything's paid for, yeah. right? Well, for the most oh. part, unless you come out with a hundred thousand dollars in debt. And but you don't. Even, but when you're, you're that not, age, you're you not don't even, even thinking care. about it, right? But when you're 25 or 26 and you're looking to buy a house, you're like, you're I'm going, an idiot. All of a sudden, you're going, Oh, jeez, that party in the basement of whatever frat house we were in was not was worth not worth a hundred thousand yeah. dollars in debt. Uh-huh. And now I can't buy a home with my wife or girlfriend. Yep. Or it's bad. We want to have a kid and we can't afford it. Oh, I didn't so. even think about that. Oh, yeah, that comes into the equation. It's cr- yeah. God. Yeah, it's it's a major disconnect. And I th- and my biggest problem is I feel like God – and this is where my this is where I have an issue. It's funny because I just talked about this last night. It's like these guidance counselors and teachers force that on their ki- on the students. You got to go to college. You got to go get this – you know, job and all these different things, and a lot. Of, and this is this is the craziest part. A lot of times, people go to go to college, and they you know they did a Google search because some wizard on Google said highest paid jobs is you know computer. You know, I went to school for computer science. You know, starting salary seventy five thousand dollars a year. Then I go great seventy five thousand dollars a year. Okay, I could pay Farmdale off like that, and then. 
you know, whatever it may be. Now, you know, you graduate, you go to college. Do you think you're going to make $75,000, $80,000, you know, even $60,000, $70,000 a year? And somebody goes, yeah, I'll I'll give you $40,000 a year. What? Google says I should be making double. (laughs) You're like, Google giving bad information. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Everything on Google is true. Don't worry about it. And anyone that tells you different is, is a complete and utter liar. But. You know, it, it you you have these kids. They go to they go to they go to college. They get, accumulate all this debt. They think they're going to get the job of their dreams. You know, I, I have a I have a great friend of mine. He he went to school for mechanical engineering. Very hard degree. Sure. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I I've gotten a couple job offers already. And I'm like, good. You know, how much is it? You know, forty forty five thousand, maybe fifty thousand. He's like, yeah, the money kind of sucks. I'm like, what do you think was going to happen? You know, you're not going to make $100,000 out of college. Everybody's got this degree at this point. Well, that's one thing a lot of um, kids, I think, have a big problem with is they, they're they expecting to, and I hear some other they're pro- they're executives, promised. but I, I also hear executives talk about it as well, where they, they come out of school and these kids want to make $100,000 a year, and they don't have any experience. Mm-hmm. you got to put in your dues, too. Yep. Nobody goes right to the top, and yeah. uh, it does take time, but I can also understand uh, it being disappointing when you were told something and it's very it's, unrealistic expectations right and and the problem is you were at that age too arrogant to listen to other people oh sure because i was there clueless I was, you know oh absolutely and the only people you have to rely on because you don't believe a word of what your parents are telling you is right. other people that are around your age that know as much as you do sure so you you know you're only hearing it in this echo chamber of oh i'm gonna go i'm gonna be a pa i'm gonna be a doctor i'm gonna do this or i'm gonna do this and you're like, well, that's great. You know, even if you become a a, a surgeon, well, you're not going to be on the rank number one ranked surgeon of the world, dude. With no experience. With no experience. Right. You know, same thing with podcasting. I hear this all the time. Is people like, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm like, great, go do it. And they're like, what do you mean? You're, you're okay with that? I'm like, dude, there's, I think a half a million podcasts out there. <laughs> yeah, go for it. You think you think you're going <laughs> to step on my toes? <laughs> Yeah, I got a, I got a half a million other people I'm worrying about, and on top of that, most of you are gonna stop doing it anyway at right. some point. You know, if you make it to 30 episodes, I give you an applause. Uh, I'll give you an applause. But most of these people, once they realize that it takes work, sure, to get it done. And you just had your hundredth episode. Yeah, hundredth. Congratulations! Thank that's you very a, much. That's a pretty big milestone. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, I knew that day would come. I just didn't know when. Sure. Uh, got to keep grinding it out. And yeah. You know, people. You know, I, I saw a buddy the other night, and he's like, oh, what are you up to? And he's like, still doing the podcast? I'm like, yeah. He's like, wow. You know, I'm like, why are you wowing? <laughs> like, I, I wasn't going to. Don't gonna, wow me. Yeah, I wasn't going to stop, you know. Right. I'm not something, I'm not really somebody to pick something up and stop doing it, you sure. know. And if and if I am, it's because I either, one, no longer enjoy doing it, which is fine. I think that's. But I I firmly try to always go into things, and and this is probably where you have, you know, I don't want to say struggle, but what you see, work with with clients is like realistic expectations. Sure. You know, you can, if if you only have half a million dollars in the bank and you're retiring in two years, chances are pretty good you're not going to have a million dollars in two years. Uh, well, that's setting setting the bar um, yeah. is extremely important yeah. because you have a lot of people that go, well, you know what. What's your risk tolerance? And we have them fill out a risk tolerance questionnaire before sure. we do anything. Sure. And we do a comprehensive rev- review before we make any recommendations. But they could be 60 years old and it's like, 
Okay. Uh, what's your? Well, I want to make uh, eight or nine percent a year. Okay. Um, when do you plan on retiring? Uh, two years from now. Okay. You probably don't want to be that aggressive. Then you look at their risk tolerance, and it says can't afford to lose money, no <laughs> risk at all. Um, you can't do it. Yeah. So you have to be realistic, and setting a bar is extremely important, and uh, setting expectations. Yeah. And that's step one. Yep. Big First time. thing is comprehensive review. Putting a proposal together based off risk tolerance and wants and needs, and um, oh, you were telling me about the three columns, right? Well, uh, that you make people go through like must haves. Sure. Likes, so there's really, um, I haven't actually filled out a budget worksheet, and it's something that everybody listening is going, "Oh Christ, that sounds like a, a lot of fun." There, um, it isn't. It isn't fun. Of course. But we have a sheet that lists all of your expenses, and sure. then on the back it says your must-have expenses, which are your electric, your car payment, your mortgage. <laughs> the things to live. The things to live. <laughs> yeah. You, you got it. Your must-haves. It's pretty <laughs> self-explanatory there. Then there's your like-to-haves. Sure. And it allows you to put in some extra spending money on things that you would like to do, whether it's join a country club or buy a nicer car or whatever it may be. Go sure. out to dinner more with your girlfriend, wife, or significant other. And then your love-to-haves. And um, that's something I have almost everybody do, and uh, especially younger clients, because I'm sure everybody listening here could save more money. And anybody that's sitting there going, nah, uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. If you don't go to um, Starbucks, or if you go to Starbucks once a week, you could save money. If you go... Dude, I know and, people that go to Starbucks every goddamn day. So that's my point. So we also handle corporate clients with 401k plans. And within these 401k plans, generally there's a lot of... Um, uh, obviously, your rank and file employees that are not making as much money as some of the top executives. Sure. And they always have questions, and it's always, um, I, I can't afford to put any money into the 401k plan. I go, okay, no, I, I understand. And everybody, some people can. And I and I c- completely understand that. Sure. Then I go, let me ask you just a few questions, if you don't mind. And I'm not doing this to be rude at all. I'm just doing it to prove a point. I said, do you, ever, do you go out to lunch at all during the week? Oh, yeah, I go out twice a week. Okay, how much does that cost you? I don't know, $20, $10 a time. Okay. Do you buy coffee? Sure. Sure. Of course I buy coffee. You don't? No, I do. I'm just asking, you know. <laughs> I'm asking you. I'm asking you. Asking I, I do buy coffee. Much. Sure. <laughs> um, do you go out to dinner at all? Or do you go out on the weekends? And I'm not saying, this isn't saying stop your life, don't drink coffee, at start, don't ever go to Starbucks, don't ever buy lunch, or don't go, ever out to, mm-hmm. don't go out to dinner and have fun. It's absolutely not like that. But if you do that, say it's your expenses are half the, t- half the amount of time. Sure. You could put some money into your 401k plan or into your checking your savings some account. Some money is better than no money. Absolutely. And the most important thing about investing is time in the market. And I actually posted something on LinkedIn. Yes, you did. About this. You and want me to pull it up am, real quick? So, if, yeah, sure, if you want to read it. And uh, it was pretty interesting because I post things on LinkedIn every once in a while and uh, just to keep my face out there. And this was had over... And it might not seem like a lot, but for me, I was like, wow, I can't believe over a thousand people looked at this. That's a good amount. That's a I lot. I thought so. And uh, it was just talking about timing the market and how difficult it is to do. And by timing, I mean getting in and getting out. I see the weight now, by the way. And what? I see the weight. The in my face? Pounds. Oh, yeah. You know, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate that. I can feel it in my double chin. <laughs> And the thing is, if anybody goes on my Dude, LinkedIn... if I even know what it was like to not have a double chin. Well, the funny thing is, go on my LinkedIn page and you'll see. Um, you're going to be like, wow, Jeff Nagel, wow, he, what, he's not fat. Look at him. Look how skinny yeah, his head is. Devil. What happened? Oh, yeah, that was about 30 pounds ago. <laughs> Only two years ago, by the way. <laughs> but <laughs> it talked about timing the market and getting in and getting out. And doing so is 
um, in my opinion, next to impossible. And I was actually reading an article um, yesterday about a famous hedge fund manager, David Einhorn, who this guy's you know been around for a long time, made a tremendous amount of money a handful of years ago, and hedge funds are there um, structured to make money in each direction of the market movement. So if the market goes down, they, they're supposed to make money. Market goes up, they're supposed to make money. You're paying them a lot of money to do so. But so they're making a lot of tactical changes, getting in and getting out. Sure. So he lost thirty percent last year. Oh wow, um, that's, that's a lot. lot. When the market's only down, I don't know, the S and P was down six or seven percent last year. Yeah. So losing more than three times, four times that—that's that's a big deal. Oh yeah. Especially when you're paying somebody a lot of money to do so. Yeah. So this article I posted on LinkedIn, it talks about time in the market versus time in the market. Yes. And that's something that's very important. And I know I have something I'm going to try to. I don't know if it's um, approved to post on LinkedIn, but it talks about um, Jeff different has to go through a compliance department. Probably. Absolutely, um, different asset classes and uh, investment strategies. And it said over a twenty-year time period, the S and P five hundred returned I don't know seven point two percent. Gold return was five percent. And again, I'm not sure. being exact with these numbers, but that was the general idea. Real estate returned this amount of percent. And then it said when you take investor emotion. In, you bring that into the equation. What is the average investor return? It goes from roughly 7% on the S&P to 2% oh, God. when you take emotion into play. And sure. emotion, I mean, the market goes down, what's everybody's reaction? Freaking out, sell. Oh, my gosh, I, I just saw my 401k drop 10%. I have to get out. I don't want to lose more. Yeah. When that's, in reality, the exact opposite of what you should be doing. You should, you should be, be buying, buying more. Buying. Not selling. Yep. And that's something that's... Um, sometimes hard to understand when sure. things are going down because you don't want to go, oh my gosh, I'm just putting more and more money in and it's not growing. Yeah. But really your dollar cost averaging in, which is extremely important. So I'll, I'll go over the odds really quick because about your timing the market as opposed to time in the market. Uh, odds of winning a $1.5 billion lotto is 238 million to one. Odds of becoming president is 10 million to one. Odds of getting struck by lightning is Two million three hundred thousand to one. All three of those combined is what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven commas, and I don't even know what number that is. But then timing timing the market correctly all the time is a number that is so small, so tinily written on two lines, and there's probably thirty or so commas in there. Right, exactly. You know, and again, anybody the likelihood of that happening is infinitesimal. Anybody that buys and sells stocks and does so consistently, uh, it will tell you. You can be right nine out of ten times, but that one time you're wrong. Could cost you all. Could wipe months. out all your profits. Yep. And that's why it's more important to have a strategy, work your strategy, be diversified, and more importantly, stay invested. Yeah, that's the big – yeah, I like that you brought up emotions because I've heard that oh, sure. for the longest time as people f- – you know, people for even I do. I look at my account and I've just – you know, my – non-investment my fun money we'll call it that mm-hmm. i keep in the market it's only a couple thousand dollars i'm totally okay if that all vanishes tomorrow you know right. it would suck i wouldn't be happy about it right but i would i'm okay with losing all that like i bought fitbit stock and got really burned <laughs> really really burned uh i think i was in at like 25 dollars a share and it's at six um so i'm but i'm i've just come to the terms where if i lose money fine if i make money great that's money i didn't have and now it's just okay let me check it every day and if it's on a pretty update and i feel good about it we'll sell it and if i don't feel good about it you know 
okay, we'll just hold on to it. Sure. So much easier to hold on to things. The chances of everything going to zero is pretty slim at this point. So, you know, at least this is what I think. And, but when you have your investments and stuff like that, it's almost better to not look at it and have somebody who's not emotionally invested in it. You cannot look at the day-to-day because if you did so in November or December and you looked at your statement at the end of January, you got to remember the market from year to date, so over the last 20-something days, um, is up about 6%. Okay. That's great. Yeah, it's amazing. But if you looked at your statement in December and you're going, oh, my gosh, that was a really ugly last quarter. Yeah. you can get nervous, sure. and you have to take the it's emotion like the news. out of it. And I, I know you don't want to get political, so well, we'll over it. Well, but. the news, though, as well, is something you really have to – you listen to CNBC, and I, I watch CNBC, I listen, I'm always watching uh, to hear what they're talking about. But you listen to them, and they're there to drive ratings. So you'll see, mark it down, 500 points. Sell, sell, you know, sell, sell yeah. Exactly. Um, but then you'll hear, oh, market, uh, off to a great start this year, everything's going – they're there to sell ratings sure. and, and make money. It's sure. not better the ratings, um, the more money they can charge for commercials. You got it. So if you can, don't pay attention. Um, they're there to drive ratings. That's all news. You know, there's it's, no doubt. You know, and not, we won't get political. But if you, you know, my, my buddy John up front, he watches the news. He's got the news going on all the time in, in the background. And you know, I walk through his office sometimes to go in and out and whatnot. And you know, you hear the news and you're like, oh, my God, this country's burning down. And then, you know, I get out to my car and I'm like, we live in the greatest goddamn country of all time. I'm sure. like, I don't have to worry about getting shot. I don't sure. have to worry about, you know, pr- probably being arrested. You know, I'm, I'm not doing anything wrong. You know, I, I look like your normal average guy. You know, I, I, I abide by the laws. I don't do anything obnoxious. There's nothing. I don't take major risks in everything I do. And I'm like. You know, I don't have to worry about people coming after me or me, you know, even me owing people money. You know, if you owe somebody money nowadays, unless it's a loan shark, you're probably just getting a piece of mail and the threatening you in, in the mail. Right. And, you know, it's great. But if you sit there and you look at if you watch, you know, my personal philosophy is if you watch the news and the day to day and whatever's going on and whatever side you believe in, you'll go crazy. Sure. Well, even just the last, not to get political, but we'll talk about it for a second, sure. with the trade wars with China. Sure. So market goes down 500 points. Oh, not going to get a deal done, not even close to getting a deal done. Markets, kidding, global gonna, economies yeah. are slowing. Next thing you know, oh, great meeting we had. Great meeting. The market's up 800 points. Uh-huh. You, you can't time that. We don't know what's going on. Sure. We're not there. Sure. We're not hands-on sitting down at the table with them. Mm-hmm. Or that's why investing in individual stocks is difficult because you really have to do your homework. Unless you know the inner workings, homework. fundamentals of the company, their balance sheet. Otherwise, you're just guessing. And, and that's okay. If, know, and if you do know the the insider stuff, that's illegal. Yeah, that <laughs> – So if – Yeah, that, that you can't do. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's an interesting point, though, because years ago – Um, when computers weren't doing all of the trading, people that had an edge back in the 70s and 80s could get ahead of a trade and try to make money on um, information that might not be priced into the market or the stock yet. Sure. Today, with all the computers trading, everything is so efficient and priced in. There's no... Yeah, good luck beating anything. You can't. You can't get ahead of the computers. They're too quick. Yeah. Uh, A computer operates at 20,000 times faster than humans. And they take the emotion out of it. Yes. Yeah. There's. Yeah. They're not emotion based at Correct. all. Correct. 
um, I forget where it was. I think it was a podcast or a book I was reading. And it said something like, if we could generate human computer, so whatever human that had a computer operating system, and put it on its own little planet in the matter of a couple of days, it would be so much further than we are as mankind today. Days. Yeah. You know, from nothing. I mean, nothing. Just it there has to figure itself out. It'll figure itself out that fast. Sure. And if it can multiply, even better. Right. You know, it, it's just, it's incredible. Um, but, you know, you, you see the news and you see this and you see this and you'll go mental. It's just, it's information overload all the time. Right. And the last thing you want to do is have some news that you read change your um, thinking and your strategy uh-huh. and uh, let that play into your investment strategy because it should. Yeah. And if it does and it's the wrong news, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of media sources out there, sure. news sources for stocks alone. Sure. We'll call it, you know, stocks and, and the market and this, that, and the other thing. Well, look at all the different analysts out there. One, somebody will say to sell a stock and the other will say to buy it. And the one same will say, at the same time. Absolutely. Yep. That, but that's what makes a market. Yep. You know, that's the that's what's driving the price of a stock. Sure. When it shouldn't be. Really, it should be underlying fundamentals. Yeah. But um, it, it's not all the time. Sure. And, so. the, and the other thing you're going to worry about, and this is what we spoke about the other day on the phone, is, you know, the cannabis market, we'll just call it for now. Sure. It's a totally new emerging market. It is, and it's it's exciting. There's no doubt about it. You know, but you also, there's so many companies. You don't know what's going to go up. You don't right. know what's going to go down. You don't know who's competition with this or competition with this. There's so many unknown variables Oh yeah. in there that how on earth could you possibly, you know, time it, figure out what's good, figure out sure. what's bad. You could spend a whole day or two res- researching one company. Another company could have started already. It's such an interesting space, and I think it's going to continue to just take off. Sure. Um, there's no doubt about it, but knowing which one to buy, there's so many different out there. Um, it, it's still too early, sure. and there's still a ton of political risk with that because New York just said, or Cuomo came out, I guess, was it two or three weeks ago, and I was first considering t- granting a license um, to Canopy Growth, I believe the company was. Okay. And I don't know if it was granted. I only read the article briefly. But now what happens if that he changes the story and says, okay, we're not planning on legalizing it for recreational use or in any state? What if that happens? Oh, yeah. you got to remember, there's these cannabis companies um, that are growing in Colorado. They're not giving the money to the bank because it's not federally legal. No, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, they can't. So there's literally warehouses with safes in them full of money, money, uh-huh. cash. If, by the way, if anybody listening to this podcast knows where that is, <laughs> we should have a conversation. That's it. Just I'll leave it at that. With Harrison. With me. Yeah, not with Jeff. <laughs> Definitely not with Jeff. Uh-huh. With me. Um, but, you know, it's it's absolutely bizarre. And and this is just one of the new emerging markets, I sure. think. You know, there's technology the technology boom that's still happening you have major vc money going into everything at this point sure you know where you could have an idea you bring it to vcs they like the idea look at i mean uber i think uber was a vc snapchat was vc um i don't know if facebook was vc at some point at one point um 
VC is venture capitalist money, by the way. It's a group of people that have tons of money and they just give you money to start your thing and they want a portion of your company. Right. But there's all of these different things that are com- DoorDash VC um, that are coming out that, you know, has a good chance of that was it's a totally new idea it was never there before now it's all of a sudden not only is it a thing but it's in front of everybody because they have it's not like they're dealing with small budgets of getting you know oh we need to get this we need to get this done it's like major millions of dollars 40 50 100 200 you know half a billion dollars vc but look at we work we work is a, is a vc company okay that still hasn't turned a profit yet and a lot of, you got to remember, a lot of these startups, though, they don't make money for years and years and years. Oh, Look yeah. Look at Amazon. They were they were not making money for years and years and years. Sure. No, so that, that takes time. And now... The richest man on the planet. Right. You're going through a divorce that's going to cost... $70 billion. $70 billion. Crazy. That's a big number. That is a lot but of You know money. what? She's been there since the beginning, and she had, a, I'm sure, a significant impact on the company. Um, that I agree with. There's no doubt. You know, she didn't come along after he was making semi successful. Yeah. No, she she's a smart lady. Um, she's been with him since the beginning, and she had a lot of. Well, do you know the reasoning for the divorce? Nah, no idea. Uh, you know what? To be honest, I, <laughs> I don't really care. But I I'd don't be really care to know. Um, but it is an interesting story. A seventy billion dollar divorce. Divorce. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's it's, a lot of money. Yeah, a lot of money. Yeah, you know. It's it's just it's crazy because there's there's all these new things that happen and are happening and go from literally almost nothing to huge monstrous companies like that because they had all the money that they needed in the beginning to hire the right people and the whole process being done. Yeah, it might take them a couple of years to turn over a profit, you know. But it's it's going from literally nothing could be a completely new industry. Food delivery was not even a thing unless you had a, happened to be a restaurant that would bring the food to somebody. Sure. And now you have DoorDash, you have Uber Eats, you have Grubhub, you have all these different ways to put food in front of in front of somebody. And as long as they're willing to pay you a couple extra dollars, you know, I, my, I know an accountant, accountant, he'll pay $11 for a Starbucks cup of coffee because it'll be brought to him so he doesn't have to leave his desk. Because leaving that desk for cost him more than that. Exactly. Sure. No, absolutely. You know, I tell people all the time, they're like, what? $11? Yeah. Like, well, if he's charging 350 an hour, yeah. and it takes him a half hour to go get a Starbucks, or he can pay $11. Yeah, it just costs him all, yeah. That you really know. costs him 100 whatever, yeah. $70. Yep, yep. So. You know, and it, it's just, and it's a crazy way to look at things. Sure. But, you know, there's, there's it's just, a, it's a change, it's an ever-changing world. And you probably see it. Oh, sure. The financial advisory business has changed quite a bit. There's a lot of uh, different apps out there now that you can use. Um, but the one thing I would say, if you are looking for an advisor, you think you might need one, find somebody you trust. Um, I think you need some kind of – some people go, oh, well, I want to do everything online myself. Um, I found an app that's going to help me, and they're going to put this investment strategy together. That's not somebody, though, you can pick up and call on the phone. Yeah. And, Something uh, happens. Good luck. Right. So. Um, I think the smaller. You ever see that app Acorns? Sure. I think that's a pretty interesting app. It is. Very. You know, that I'm not opposed to, but I think that the majority of your assets should be given to somebody. You know, you go to the doctor for a broken arm. You got it. Why would you try to do surgery on yourself? I- exactly. And it's no different. Yeah. Um, you know. Unless you do it every day. 
or you do a tremendous yep. amount of reading and you're super educated on it, sure. let somebody else do it and stick to what you know. That's yep. what I do. I don't do my own plumbing in the house because I don't want my toilets overflowing and pipes <laughs> breaking and sure. my wife will really not be happy. Yeah. I hire a plumber because that's what he knows how to do. We're yep. an electrician. Yep. I don't try to do that myself because I don't want to burn down my house. Uh, for a good reason. Uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, but it's no different when it comes to money. Yep. But there's a lot of people that think they don't need an advisor. Um, Especially because you... This is the craziest part. You work so hard for that money. Sure. Why wouldn't you pay somebody a very small portion of it? Right. Generally. To make it work for you. Generally, we're talking like um, accounts over $100,000. Let's say you're talking anywhere from 1% to 1.5%. Uh, sure. So just think about that. You sure. can have somebody help you for roughly 1% to 1.5% of the account balance to and manage your money. Yep. That's it. Yeah, it's pennies on the dollar. Literally. Pennies on the dollar. Right. You know, it's... It's a no-brainer. Yeah. And it's just some people, I think, are a little shy when it comes to it because they don't know what to say or how it works. Again, find somebody you trust, somebody you can really Somebody's speak gonna walk to you through the process. and walk you through it. And um, that's the most important part. You have to be comfortable with the person. Because yep. if you're not... You'll never trust them. Absolutely. And it'll, it'll, it'll eat you alive. Absolutely. You yeah. have to be comfortable. Yeah. And you have to want to see the person. Like, I want to see you, right? Oh, I'm sitting here Sorry right now at 8.15 in the morning. Now it's 9, 9.50. 9.50. Wow. That was a quick hour and... Hour and change. We're yeah. about to wrap this thing up. Absolutely. But... I got nothing else. That's it? That's it. So you tapped out already? <laughs> I'm tapping if anybody could hear that. Dude, I could go for hours. I know. You got a lot to say. A lot. Right? Stories and stories. Yeah. Dude, this is going to be episode, I think, like 104, 105. Well, I'm honored. Thank you for having me on. Dude. You're always welcome back, man. Absolutely. I'll see you tomorrow. That's the best part. Oh, that's right. I will see you tomorrow. Yeah. Get I nice see you lunch. a lot. You do. It's yeah. good. I'm not complaining. No, yeah, well, me either, for the most part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, until I want to do things that's going to get you in trouble. Exactly. And by the way, for anyone that's going to think that's the worst thing in the world, it's usually just going out to get happy hour or something like that. Absolutely. I don't want anyone to put any bad ideas in their mind. <laughs> Jeff, thanks for being here, bud. Thanks, Ashley. They already got your information. It. They do. Do you want, you want to say anything else sure. about it? Um, no, we're right over in Hot Pog. Again, if you need help, um, don't be shy. Don't bite. I'm more than happy to sit down with you and answer any questions you might have, um, whether it's student loan related sure. or um, what you should be doing or what you shouldn't be doing. Um, more than happy to help. Again, number is 631-434-9500. And my email is j. Nagel, N-A-G-E-L, at A is in Apple, V is in Victor, Z is in Zebra, dot com. You guys have A-V-Z? A-V-Z. Not A-B-C. No, A-V-Z. V-Z, dot com. Correct. Very hard to get those three-letter dot coms. Oh, yeah. Fun fact for you. All right, everybody. See you guys later on the next episode. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. I promise the wrap-up is going to be way shorter than the opener. Huge thanks to Jeff for coming and hanging out with me. I love getting advice and things like that from people and education. Once again, just to protect our butts here, we have. I have to. I'm going to just say this again, just in case. Securities securities are offered through First Global Capital Corp. Member Finra SIPC. I thought it was SPIC, but SIPC. You can say FINRA as one word, but SIPC must be spelled out. Alrighty. Um, thank you to our sponsors today. 
on this podcast, DreamDadsFitness.com over in East Meadow. If you're looking to get in shape, move those hips, work those abs, pole dancing, flexibility, aerial hoops, chairography. Um, there's so many different ways to get in shape. It's super, super simple. Um, I shouldn't say simple, but there's a lot of unique ways that I think for people that are not willing to commit to things like CrossFit or Jiu-Jitsu and you're over in that area, it's probably not a bad option. So go check them out, DreamDanceFitness.com over in East Meadow. Um, if you're looking for some professional headshots or your business or anything like that, EliseMargolan.Zenfolio.com. She is going to be your one-stop shop for getting some really high-end photos. Uh, there's pretty much nothing that she can't handle. And look, if you have a crazy idea or anything like that that you want done, she's your go-to lady. You know, if it's an engagement, if it's a celebration, if it's a party, if it's uh, headshots, a team shot, whatever it may be, she's your spot to go to. And last but not least, AgileDragonConsulting.com. Thank you to Agile Dragon Consulting for sponsoring this podcast. If you're a business, business owner, know somebody that owns a business, actually, and I'm just thinking about this right now, but data analytics is a huge thing. They are going to help you use your data more effectively to one, make better business decisions, to just run a better business, to make, to show you, you know, who you're, re you know, some, so many times people see data and they, you know, you think you have one outcome, but really because it wasn't digested correctly, you probably have another outcome. So Agile Dragon Consulting, they are your one source for making your data work for you. And if you haven't already, BrutallyHonestPodcast.com, Instagram, BrutallyHonestPodcast, Facebook, BrutallyHonestPodcast, myself, Harrison underscore Baron on Instagram. And if you really want to and you want to take time out, feel free to support the show on Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash BrutallyHonestPodcast, and you will help grow the podcast. Know that you, you have helped grow the beginning of an empire. We hope. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Another great episode coming at you next week. I'll see you guys then. Love you guys. Peace.